Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role as high fits. Compassion, great passion, fiction, gold, ultimate goal, glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to the first hype train of 2020. Can you believe it? We're in October already, and we haven't had a single regatta to talk about, a single race to discuss but luckily there's European champs this weekend and we are back with another hype train to give to you all the info on this weekend's racing and as always I'm joined by uh, Jake Green. How are you doing Jake? What's up guys? Yeah, Like Lauren said it's it's awesome to be recording another, another one of these episodes and uh, I'm super excited to see uh, the racing at Europeans. It's been far too long um, that we've been seeing some racing. So super, super keen to be talking about that. And then, you know, me and Jake have been uh, really trying to get someone that has, has all the rowing knowledge and to, to get them uh, on the show to just help us out with these uh, hype train episodes and regatta madness episodes. And I am so excited to announce we have another guest on the show today. We have Dustin Butler, who is... He's a superb rowing coach. He's coached all over the world. Uh, he's part of the, the South African uh, rowing team up to, to 20, uh, 2012. He's coached at uh, Thames Rowing Club in uh, London and he's coached uh, and, he's, and he was director of rowing at the Sydney Rowing uh, University. So welcome Dustin and I hope that you're going to add so much value uh, to today with uh, your immense rowing knowledge. Oh, thanks very much, Lawrence. Thanks, Jake. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, just congratulations to you too um, for the work that you're doing on the podcast. Um, I think our sports and uh, some dire need of some content, and I think you guys are, are creating that, um, which is which is really great to see. You know, it's not just the sport sometimes; it's the stories behind the sport. Um, and I think you guys are, are providing that for the audience at the moment. So, congratulations to you too. As far as my rowing knowledge, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm a little bit rusty after a, a few years out, um, but, but really keen and excited to join you guys tonight. Awesome, awesome. Jake, why don't we kick things off with uh, maybe just a bit about the break and a bit about how COVID has affected all of these countries and kind of then see, see where that takes us. Yeah, so, um, I mean, if you, if, you have a, if you have a look, obviously, like the, you know, Europe, as a whole, has gotten hit quite bad by COVID. I mean, everywhere around the world, if we're being honest, has been smashed by this disease. So it's going to be interesting to see the effects that this has on each team. And I think we're going to see a lot of maybe variation in the performances of, of a couple of teams. And you don't, you don't have to just think about what the disease has done. It's also, you know, how, when did people stop and start training? So like, how, how, for how long were people training after everything happened earlier this year? And like, did people start? Did people start? So I think there's going to be huge um, variations in, in people's performance on on the weekend. No, oh, definitely. I think it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. And also, it's like I think there's like a double-edged sword here because there's people that might have trained quite well over um, this like whole weird uh, 2020, and then there's going to be people that have had breaks and maybe emotionally taken the taps off. And on top of that, no one has raced. 
So like, yes, they might have raced a bit at home and against them, themselves in the team, but, you know, no one has come and, and put out, uh, you know, big performances on the international scene. So I think we're going to see some very strange results this weekend. And on top of that, I think the results could change quite a lot going uh, forward in the season. Um, Dustin, do you have any any words of wisdom on the on the COVID uh, topic? I know you had lots to say uh, before we got uh, recording. Look, I think um, it's going to affect every country differently based on the restrictions uh, pertaining to to the area that that, that you're in. Um, I think from a coaching perspective, the interesting thing is is how you periodizing the program um, going into the Olympic Games now in 2021. Are you using the European champs as, as the start of your season or the end of your season? Um, and potentially what's good for right now might not be the best thing for the Olympic Games in, in July of 2021. Um, well, that said, I think it's an opportunity for, for everyone to get rid of some, some pent-up energy um, uh, and, and put the training that they have done uh, to good use. I think what, what what's good will be good to see is, is youngsters coming through, youngsters that 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 extra year will will be the difference between being in an Olympic squad or, or not being in the Olympic squad and, and potentially fighting for medals come come July twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think the 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 talking about the break is is really interesting because like for us we just took our we kind of trained on through through lockdown and and did a really good uh, training that like usually we don't get to do that kind of training that kind of uh, you know long intensity because usually it's either you know, build up into the season and then race prep. But, uh, and then we took our break a little bit earlier than what we would usually do and then got back into into the, the new season with, a, you know, a little bit extra time and, and you know, going to move on. So, like, this is basically the beginning of our season. Do you know, and I, I think that there's quite a lot of other countries that have followed that model of, like, having the break, having a, a decent, um, you know, break, in the last like month or two and then and then starting their season do you know any any countries that are going to be having their break after europeans i don't know of any countries that are, are going to have a break after europeans but i'm sure that that is consideration for some of the coaches you know seeing this as a, a world championships um of sorts racing and or peaking for this regatta and then giving their athletes a couple of weeks off before starting again and, and, and starting the Olympic Olympic year again. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting one. Um, you know, some might have had a, an enforced break earlier on in you know in the peak of, of COVID, um, and they feel like they can't afford to give their athletes a break again. The risk that they run though is is possibly running a, a training season that is too long, and, and and the athletes might be flat come the Olympic Games. I think there's all types of permutations and I, I guess it's coaches doing the best for their squad and the athletes and, and the physical and emotional state that they're in right now. Yeah, and I think, Dustin, you bring up a, a good point there. Um, you know, it's, it is a really long season um, for, for people going for the Olympics and, and we spoke about younger athletes that are given an extra year that's going to make a big difference. But on the flip side of that as well, is you have to take into consideration is a lot of the older athletes that had 2020 as their biggest year where they were to commit 100% and then this was going to be their last year of rowing, put out a big performance at the Olympic Games and, you know, retire. This year has been a huge span in the works. And I think the the reality for those athletes is that I, I'm 
sure a lot of them have put off many things in their lives with work-related things, you know, maybe marriages, things like that, that they've had to put off for another year. Um, and I think that's going to be also quite interesting to see how those kind of athletes manage the training and how the coaches structure those athletes into um, into the programs. Because a lot of the time, the more senior you are, they, you get maybe a little bit of leeway in terms of like, you know, what uh, freedoms you have more compared to some of the other athletes in the team. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be one hell of a long season. And hopefully that means that the time the Olympics are around, we're going to see some super fast times. I think the, the elephant in the room is obviously that the British are, are not coming to the regatta. Um, a big omission from, from, from the regatta, um, and from what I hear, is that they've done very little rowing due to the restrictions um, from COVID in their country, um, and they've been un, unable to do enough rowing where they, they feel they couldn't be competitive coming to the Euros. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what we what we heard is that for them to go to Europeans, they were going to have to do a whole lot of quarantining before and after, and it was just going to be you know a huge cost in time and uh, and training. So, um, and I'm sure that there there are countries that are are having to do you know jump through quite a lot of loops to to get the athletes to Europeans. And yeah, I mean it is really disappointing not to see the british there i thought uh you know they always have uh, a lot of crews and and a lot of history so it's always nice to to see them coming to to the regattas to race i thought uh, first of all firstly i thought maybe it's just uh, brexit and they're not allowed to to race in europeans anymore <laughs> yeah. i think but, the positive news is that the fields are pretty big um i think across the board um far more crews and, and far more countries represented at the Euros than, than I thought we might see. Um, some really stellar fields and some big fields in, in some of the boat classes. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, it is it is good to see. And, and we said earlier, I, I definitely noticed when I was going through the events, there were lots of young athletes. And um, I also even saw some some uh, athletes that competed at like Junior Olympic Games last year were racing some of the, uh, the, the boat classes. So that's, you know, that's really good to see. And that might be countries sort of resting all their athletes for, for later on. I think the one that sort yeah, of typifies definitely. what we're talking about is probably the men's singles goal. Very close uh, a final last year with about two seconds separating first to six. I think you've got all the medalists back um, racing at the Euros, uh, but fourth, fifth and sixth are, are not in the field. Um, the, the country it does have an athlete represented in uh, in the event, um, so potentially those athletes have, have taken taken a break or feel that racing is is not beneficial right now, and they and they want to get on with their base training. Which is quite weird to think, though, because you know they've we haven't had any racing. Like if we could had a chance to to race at Europeans, I'm sure we would snatch it up to to get in the boat and, and race. You know, I think uh, most uh rowing athletes the racing is the that's where the juice is you know like that's the part that's the best the most enjoyable um you know no one wants to sit and train you know 200k weeks for a whole year without any racing um so i'm surprised to see that those those guys are are missing from the field and i think there are the athletes cynic you know he's he's getting on into his his later 30s and and potentially you know he only has so many matches to throw around uh with the with the men's singles, though, I saw a really interesting change is that uh, Mindangas Kraskonis from Lithuania has actually moved into the men's double 
with uh, with Ritter, who were the silver medalists from 2016 in Rio, and I was really excited to see that change up because I think the you know the Lithuanian double you know in the last Olympic cycle really became and and you know earlier in this cycle was a real force to be reckoned with, and they seem to have battled a little bit these last few years. So to see the two of them come together, and you know that's really good to see because I think that's going to make the if they stay with that combo, I think that's going to put some real pressure on that field next year. I think the other thing is Olympic selection. A lot of countries would have completed their Olympic selection, you know, before COVID really reared up. Um, and do those selections now carry on to next year? Do are those athletes selected, um, and and they go forward to twenty twenty one, or does the selection process start again for them? Yeah, I'm sure that uh, the selection. I think I would be very surprised if any countries hold their selections from last year uh, onto this this season because I feel you know it, selection maybe was almost finalized, but most countries were probably in their last stages of uh, finalizing their selections, and now you have a whole another year for for people to come online and for their wheels to come off. So I think we'll see some selection changes. Although I think you know that the the performances from last year will still take still hold quite a lot of weight for for a lot of coaches but talking about the coaches let's go back to there've been some serious coaching changes over this year you know you would think that um with the olympics so close and you know only postponed a year that people would hold out their their big retirements and changes but it's obviously not and i think the the biggest one to discuss is uh Jürgen Kroblem leaving uh, GB uh, right in the middle of the of the season and and not being part of the the 2021 Tokyo Games. That's that, that's definitely going to um, make a, a big change up with the the British program. But you know that's that's that was interesting for me to see because I honestly wouldn't think that someone like uh, Jürgen would change, and it didn't seem like they that i didn't see that coming i don't know what you guys thought of but i definitely did not see that change coming and it's uh, definitely an interesting time to change coaches but saying that um considering you know the british program is such a, a big and well funded and you know it's got such a rich history and, and culture you know I, I think you know they they definitely have the the people to take the helm of the you know the british rowing program but i think it's it's going to be a very tricky thing to get right Sure, that's a that's a bold statement, James. Uh, Jake, I think that they're gonna struggle this next season without uh, uh, big boss Jurgen at the at the head there. Dust. Yeah, it's a big change. I mean, uh, Jurgen has held uh, held the reins there for for many years. Uh, I'm not sure who is is going to fill those big boots. Um, Again, whispers, but I've heard that they're going to sort of go into a holding pattern um, for Tokyo, and then and then look to get someone in for the next cycle, um, which which possibly makes sense. Um, but I, I would I would suggest that Jurgen's probably gone out on 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 his own terms. Um, man of that stature probably deserves that and nothing less. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he has so many huge results, and I think that uh, you know I don't think it's. Yeah, I would love to know all the the spice behind uh, all the, the the changes and the the, <laughs> the appointments. But yeah, I think uh, I'm sure that there's more to the the story than than meets the eye. But yeah, I think that it will take a while for them to to get back on the on the horse. You know, I think they're gonna. We'll see. 
and unfortunately they're not racing this weekend so we can't see quite yet yeah i just think the, the one of the interesting uh changes and in coaching changes is um in austria probably a, a smaller nation um in rowing circles haven't seen sort of medal winning votes from them of late um but they've just uh, had a, a new head coach robert sends um and for what i've heard and and um People that have worked with him speak of him very highly, um, and some of the stuff I've seen on social media of his, his cruise race uh, rowing um, it looks like some some good rowing and good training has been done there. Um, and they've also had Dave Thompson, who's been added to their coaching lineup, um, and uh, he was as of last year the Canadian head women's coach. Um, I'm not sure why he's left. I did Google it, and uh, on Google. Um, what came up in some newspaper articles was that uh, there was an employment issue and nothing has been said more than that. Um, so a little bit of spice there too. That's, that's very interesting to hear. And, uh, you know, if I think about, you know, the Austrian rowing team, um, one of their boats that come to mind right off the bat is their, their men's four, which has a lot of, you know, younger guys in there. And I think a lot of potential, um, and it'll be really interesting to see, you know, how the difference that that um, that those coaching changes make. Because the men's four event, there are a lot of, um, I would say, really fast crews that didn't qualify for the Olympic Games, and the, the Austrians are, are one of those. And even at this European Championship, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of pretty decent crews going to be fighting it out each other racing that are going to be facing each other later down the line for late qualifiers for the Olympics. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd put a little bit of money on on Austrians, maybe not for Tokyo, but certainly through the next cycle, um, starting to, to raise their stakes a little bit. Very cool. Yeah, yes, that's, going to be, that's going to be good to watch. Um, so, Jake, for the the listeners, if they're not going to be able to sit and watch you know, every single event this weekend – which are the main events that you think uh, people need to tune in for for this uh, this weekend's racing? I think you know, out of looking at the entries, um, I think the the value for money events uh, from this weekend is going to be the men's pair, and I I might get a bit of flack for possibly being biased, but if I look at the field that's been entered into the men's pair, you have really high-quality crews that um, have performed really well um, last year at World Champs and in the past, and not only that, but a lot of crews that have been together for a while, so they have that chemistry, they have that history together. The, the Croatian brothers, the Italian World Champions from 2017 are back. The French brothers are back. The Romanian pairs on fire. You know the Spanish pairs also finding fantastic form. So you know that's it's going to. I think that's going to be a lot of interesting racing there. Yeah, and I think that the you know it's so interesting for the Italians because they were having huge back problems, uh, both of them through the 2019 season. And uh, Matteo Lotto in the in the in the bow seat was basically nearly couldn't row the the final because of his back was uh, being so bad so i wonder if this extra you know kind of extra year of 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 you know secret training is going to have helped them quite a bit to to kind of sort out those injuries and now get back onto onto the form we kind of saw in in 2017 yeah definitely okay so men's pair we got and dustin any any event that uh, you're looking forward to to watching this weekend I think the event of uh, last year's World Championships was the men's single skull with uh, that tight finish across the course, six crews going for the line together. 
Um, and we've got the three medalists back, uh, Oli Zeidler, um, you got Kittle Borge, uh, and, and the guy from Denmark. Um, and I'm really keen to see that, that again and, and hopefully a repeat. I actually, you know what, I actually don't think, I don't think the men's single is going to be that, that interesting to watch this weekend. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know. I feel like the, that the, the, the last year was so spicy because of the, the amount of people. We have all the medalists, which is probably not, you can't find that in another event. But I think there's so many big names missing from, you know, that, that list there. But, uh, yeah, I think the men's single is definitely going to be a big one. Um, and also, also like on, this, on the same page, I think the women's single also. So, Jake, yeah. if you don't think yeah. it's going to be a big race, then who do you think, do you think uh, Zydlis is going to uh, walk away with, a, with an easy victory? Possibly because maybe because he's a younger, younger athlete, he would have more um, motivation and, you know, a bit more drive to keep training throughout the period. Because, I mean, like he still has, he hasn't been competing for very long, so he still has time to make up on some of the other older athletes. And uh, Damian Martin is there as well. So that'll also be interesting to see if he has used the, the extra time uh, wisely and, and managed to, to find it also, because he was also struggling with a lot of injuries through 2019 and 18. Yeah, another one in the field. Okay, so you guys have picked the, the pair and the, and the skull, and I'm going to go with the with with old classic, the men's eight. Um, I know it's not a big field and it's not a, a lot of entries, but there is a classic clash of uh, Germany versus the Netherlands. And, you know, social media has been really quiet over over the, the lockdown and the, the COVID era. But, you know, one team that we have seen con- training consistently is the, the Dutch uh, eight. So I think that that's going to be quite a spicy race uh, between those two big countries uh, in the men's eight. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I looked at the names. Germany looks like there's. Uh, I think there's one one change in the German eight, but I cannot wait to see this because last year's world champs, the the difference between the German and, and Netherlands crews was very small. And you know, I I would say I would actually you know I'd like to see the Netherlands crew come out with the victory. Um, although I'd still say the German the German machine are favourites to win. It would be awesome to see the Dutch crew come away with the victory because they definitely seem to be an, an up-and-coming crew. I don't know what you think about that, Dustin. Well, I think the Dutch are, are coming and they're coming hard. Um, I think they've got the cruising speed certainly to go at the Germans. I think the good Germans just always have that gear change, whether it's at the start of the race or, or later on, that's that, that surge of pace which no one seems to be able to go with. Um, but in, certainly in terms of, of cruising speed, uh, I think the Dutch can match them, uh, and if they've they've found a way to to overcome that little bit of a problem, um, I think it, it's on for uh, for this weekend in Poznan. And let's not forget, Poznan's a, a quick course. Uh, we get we get the wind going in the right direction there. Perhaps some some spicy times. That's for sure. So yeah. we haven't uh, we haven't left out all the the women's races on purpose, but you know we when we're looking at the the women's side of of rowing. There are so many events that are dominated by New Zealand, USA, Canada, Australia. So there's a lot of uh, big, big crews missing. Like women's pair, all the medalists gone. You know, women's eight, uh, basically only Romania. Um, 
And and yeah, so I think there are going to be interesting races, but it's going to be quite a different uh, set of results than uh, than what we used to. And probably the biggest races are women's skull uh, with Sanita coming back and, and seeing if she still has uh, has the form that she she had last year. And maybe the lightweight women's double is always one of our favorite races and uh, and always. always up for up for a huge race. Hey Jake, any anything to add there? No, I think I think to drive home the the lightweight women's double, I think that possibly has been the most consistently entertaining event over the last cycle, and it is the real gladiator event. Every time there is such close racing, if it's not at the top, then last year it is you know for that Olympic qualifying spot. Especially when you're considering only one person in the B final, the winner of the B final managed to qualify. And there are also there a lot of you know the fast combinations. Obviously, we're missing um, the New Zealand ITW, which is obviously the world championships. But we have the the Dutch challenges, which are the number one contenders for that spot. And then you have Romania, France, Bulgaria, Switzerland, who are all super fast um, doubles uh, that have had their moments of good form. But yeah, that that event can swing either way. So I'm I'm always excited to see that event. Awesome stuff. Dustin, anything to, to add before we uh, wrap this hype train up? Well, I think uh, Romanians, I think they're probably, uh, I don't know if you've seen the article on World Rowing, that they've uh, hired a private jet to come into Poznan for the regatta, and they're obviously taking it seriously. Um, we obviously know the, the know-hows in that country on, on how to get things right. Um, it'd be awesome to see them starting to to fire like they did back in you know the 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 late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I suspect their women's eight will be going going fairly well this, this weekend. Um, but yeah, just I think the absence of, of some of those crews from New Zealand, Australia, America opens the door for other crews, and we, we still might see some of the some good racing in those boat classes that are normally dominated by the nations that are not here. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a lot more to talk about after the the racing after we've seen. Uh all these new names and 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 new results coming out and yeah i think we'll definitely put out uh regatta madness probably monday tuesday after after this weekend's racing once me and jake have uh, soaked it all in and you know so excited to to watch racing i think i've this is like one of the regattas i've been looking forward to the most uh basically the whole year um jake anything to to finish off with yeah, I think just to to wrap things up, to you know, to chat a bit about uh, Dustin's uh, point on the Romanians. I don't think I've ever heard of rowers getting uh, you know a, a charter plane into Poznan, but that's that's really cool to see. And I I think if you've been around wall drawing events, you can definitely see that there's been an impetus over the last couple of years in the Romanian rowing system, and there are lots of boats. You know, Romanians definitely a force to be reckoned with um, on the scene that are, are really fast coming from Romania. Um, so, I mean, there's, uh, they're definitely a, a team to watch going for these Olympics and even into the future. But, you know, all in all, I think it's really going to be good to see some good racing. And even in the events that are the missing, I think uh, crews that do well here, it's maybe the confidence boost they need to bring the heat to some of the other nations around the world. Definitely. Awesome stuff, guys. I think that's a wrap for our first hype train of 2020. And I'm sure you guys are looking forward to the racing as much as we are. And we'll catch you again next week to see what all the, how all this drama plays out. 
And once again, thanks so much for Dustin joining us today. And hopefully this can be something we do a little bit more often. And yeah, hope you guys have a good day. Enjoy. We're out. Sweet. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Jack. I'm just opening my uh, notes on my other one. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> cool, good luck, guys. I'm not going to do much editing to this, so don't fuck it up. Hello, okay. ladies and gents. Oh, thanks, Jake. Much. Thanks. Good start there. Straight out the blocks. <laughs> talking all <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get going.